0: With the heart of thanksgiving, I will bless thee, oh Lord. Good morning, Carolina. First of all, I have to give honor to our Lord and Savior, Jesus, who is the Christ, to my pastor, the Reverend Anthony E. Moore, to First Lady Cynthia Moore, and leadership of and friends of Carolina Church. I am associate pastor Rick Davis, and I am grateful yet humble to be serving and bringing today's word. We are continuing in our worship series. And since we have gotten all of the niceties out of the way, let's go straight to the word. I need you to turn with me to Exodus, the 20th chapter, the third and fourth verse. And then we're going to move over into John, the fourth chapter, the 24th verse. But let's start with Exodus. If you've gotten to Leviticus, you've gone too far. I need you to back up a little bit. Okay. Stay with me. Now, it reads as thus. You shall have no other gods before me. The fourth verse reads, you shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the water under the earth. John 4.24. That's New Testament. Come on. Go with me. All right. Twenty-four verse reads, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Our topic for today is Keys to Effective Worship. I'll begin this sermonic presentation with a question. What is worship? To some, worship is about bands who play gospel music and designed to reach down into our very souls. To others, it's about hymns or solemn reverence. People have expressed worship in many ways in various traditions, denominations, cultures, and traditions throughout the history of the church. But what if biblical worship isn't mainly about music or an event? What if it's not mainly about the sense of the presence of God, the freedom to express emotions, or following a certain form? Now, these can be related to worship, but what is really at the heart of worship? What is worship according to the Bible? The most common words translated for worship in the Bible mean to kneel down or lay face down before someone as an act of reverence. Biblical worship is acknowledging that God is the king and results in living lives according to that truth. Worship is beautiful and powerful, especially if we understand it from God's perspective. Let's explore the meaning of biblical worship and examine our traditions and experiences while considering his word. Now, before we go there, let's look at what we worship. I think that's important because worship should start in the heart, not what we think or feel at that moment. But the Bible says, as a man think in his heart, so is he. Worship should come from the heart of those who want to live for and please God. I'm afraid we worship our work, work at our play, play at our worship, and wonder why our lives haven't changed. But we worship people, places, things, stuff. We worship entertainers, vowing our love for them and paying hundreds, even thousands of dollars to see them perform, acting all googly-eyed when we see them on television or in person or their name gets mentioned. We worship social media as it gives us the platform to get the attention we so desire. We count the number of likes and loves wanting to influence people to look at us, love us, give us money, becoming stumbling blocks because the more attention we get, the less God gets. Getting that feeling of comfort and security from people who we really don't like but tolerate because we like having lots of followers. But the question is, where are we leading them? And it feeds our insecurities, keeping us from addressing our innermost thoughts about ourselves and wearing a false persona or image, spending time that you don't have saying things that you really don't know, trying to impress people who really care nothing about us it's okay to like some things but it shouldn't move to the place of worship only God should hold that place of admiration love and honor and respect that comes along with worship let's look at the text and I'm out of here like eight track tapes John four twenty four says God is spirit and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth Worship in spirit and in truth is an important balance because if we are pursuing true biblical worship, worship in spirit is to be led by the living God and to know the joy that comes from fellowship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is like a refreshing drink to a thirsty individual, a cool breeze, the warmth of a fire. He can also be a torrent or hurricane and a wildfire. Like Jeremiah said, it was like fire shot up in my bones. He was talking about that Holy Spirit, y'all. Our experience of worship can be alive when we worship in spirit. True worship must be in spirit led by the spirit and involves our spirit, which is the innermost part of our very being. To worship in truth is to ground our life in God's truth in his eternal word, the Bible. We cannot worship however we want and do whatever we feel like. To worship is to bow down before God and to delightfully follow his orders we get to do what God says and not follow the sin that used to enslave us. You see, I said used to check Romans six and you can find out about, about sin that used to enslave us. The tendency of worship in spirit without the word is lawlessness. We might love Jesus, but if we don't do what he commands, then we really don't love him. It's merely us beating our gums. The tendency to worship in truth without spirit is also lawlessness. We might be doing the right things, but if our hearts are not encountering the living God, then we miss the most important thing. Truth is a person and his name is Jesus. John 14 and 6 tells us to truly worship in spirit and in truth is to love God and to keep his commandments. Now, that leads me right to my first point. First point is worship is important. Exodus 20 verses three and four says worship is so important that God made it the first commandment meaning before anything else he wanted us to know you need to clear your plate and for us to connect, we need to recognize who he is and give him center stage in our lives, not our mouths, but our lives. The urban virgin, so that y'all can really understand, God is saying, don't be faking and trying to carry me like your side piece. I am that one, the only one. He clearly states that he is jealous and that that that's not a negative, though, because he loves us so much. He wants us to understand that he wants nothing to jeopardize his relationship with us. And this was before Jesus came along. See, he made it crystal clear so that the people in the back could understand. Uh, he also says what we shouldn't worship. We are not to worship idols. Meaning the stuff we take pride in and love and accumulate like we, first of all, did it ourselves. Not sure what I mean? Here you go. Idols in our lives are ourselves, money, business, pleasure, recreation, family, cars, homes, power. Here we go, y'all. Preachers pastors, and church buildings. Mm, Y'all didn't like that last one, huh? Okay, check this. If we weren't worshiping the building, then why would people be trying to gather during a pandemic in which we, we witnessed Hundreds of thousands of people dying right in front of our very eyes and fight the government and leadership when it was time to shut down. When Roman 13 clearly states, and I'm going to paraphrase for you, we should obey the laws of the government that we follow. And if we rebel, we actually rebelling against God and we bring judgment on ourselves. But we sometimes come down with a condition I like to call scriptonesia. Yep. Scripture needs you, y'all. That selective scripture quoting and obedience. Oh, I'm sorry. Nobody watching this does that. I'm talking about some other folks. We are not to worship men or women, angels or nature, nor the sun, moon, stars or trees. That's for my horoscope believers. We are to worship Father God. John 4.23 says, for the father seeks such to worship him. We are to worship him for what he has done and for giving his son to us. Now, the Holy Spirit is the power which ignites worship. The Holy Spirit guides and directs our worship of the Lord. The Holy Spirit teaches us to worship, appreciate and learn of God In our Bible study, I had to say that slow so we could be clear about that one. Now, worship is not something to be stored up and released during the service. Y'all know what we do. We come to service right after we immediately finish cussing in the car. We walk in, we get real holy, and then all of a sudden, we burst out with this bunch of praise like we all... I'm going to stop because I'm getting, I'm getting in trouble. I'm getting in trouble. I'm get in trouble. It's not to be stored up and released during a service, but worship is something that should rise up continually from the soul of the believer. Now for full worship of God, we cannot possess a grieved or quenched Holy spirit. We must ask And allow, see, because what we forget is we have to give the Holy Spirit permission to do, because it's not just going to be, it's not going to debo us and just roll up on us. No, we have to ask the Holy Spirit and then allow the Holy Spirit to teach and guide us into acceptable worship of God the Father and His Son. Now check this, because when you really think about the goodness of Jesus, And all that he has done for me. See, see, not yesterday, but right now. You should be shouting all over the house right now because when I think of Jesus and all of the things that he has done for me, my soul cries out. See, it worship builds from the inside, from the heart. My soul cries out, hallelujah. My second point, my second point the manner of worship matters. See, worship must be spiritual. That is in the spirit. Worship him in spirit. The music doesn't matter. The hoop doesn't matter. The current conditions don't matter. What matters is what our hearts know about God. Now, we must be sincere. That is in truth. God looks at the heart to see if the words of our lips are true, sincere, and genuine expressions of our innermost beings. As a man think is in heart, so is he. All right. Question. What's really in our hearts? We say the right stuff and sometimes do the right stuff. But what is at the heart of how we operate? Our truth is God's word. Psalm one nineteen eleven says, "Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you." Worship must also be intelligent. God does not place a premium on ignorance. He desires that we have a knowledge of what the Bible teaches. In other words, we must read and study. See, because you can read it and not study it. Reading and studying go together because when you read it, then study it. What happens is you develop an understanding of what God is really talking about. That's why our worship goes sideways sometime. I don't know who I'm talking to. Look, some attempt to worship God by bowing in church and reciting prayers and scriptures that they don't even understand. Following through a church service is not necessarily worshiping God. Some minds may be miles away, preparing meals, thinking about bills, what you're going to do after church, where you're going to go, uh, where you're going to go and get breakfast. We, we, we get caught up on everything else. We think about making money or what we're going to do after we leave the building. Each of us who are believers, our duty bail That the worship we present to God through Christ is spiritual, sincere, and intelligent. Worship in church or in private is a heart exercise that cannot be defined by rules, traditions, or formalities. Now we can worship in each part of the service through singing, praying, preaching, and giving. But, and I know somebody didn't like that. Yeah, I say giving, giving. we Giving is a part of worship. The Lord longs for the worship of our hearts, but he is often disappointed by our display. But it delights him beyond measure when he finds true worshipers of him. My third and final point, don't let your worship be hindered. Don't let it be hindered. Now, worship is is the Christian's highest occupation, and therefore is contested and challenged by the enemy. Here are some examples so that we can examine ourselves and adjust and grow as believers in Christ. Hey, self-will. Nadab and Abihu in Leviticus 10, what they died for attempting to offer God a strange fire, which is supposed to be a sacrifice, but they did it the way they wanted to do it instead of doing it the way God wanted them to do it, relying on self-will. See, the believer in worship proposes and seconds a motion of non-confidence in his or herself, meaning I can't do it. I, it's, it's not about me, God. I'm not going to do it the way that that I want to do it. I'm gonna do it the way that you want me to do it. B Worldliness. The believer is in the world, but not of the world. John, first John 2, 15 and 17 tells us the believer, and I'm going to paraphrase it, be in the world, but not of the world. Okay. Christ becomes the center and circumference of our life. Meaning not only is he the center, but he surrounds our life as our lives as well. Now, worship is the mind, body, and soul concentrating on the Lord himself and nothing else. It takes focus. Funny thing is, when you are in worship, do you ever notice how the stuff of our lives begins to creep in when we start focusing on God? The stuff we did that we weren't supposed to do. The stuff we we thought, said, did, wanted to do, and still want to do creeps in. The stuff we drank, smoked, popped shot, dipped, and dropped. It all creeps in. In the middle of honoring and praising God, recalling what God has done for us and asking and begging for forgiveness, we think all of a sudden all the sex we had, all the porn we watched, all the men and women we flirted with, the nasty thoughts we had about people, the lies, it all creeps in. Don't act like I'm the only person. I'm going to keep preaching anyway. My third point, see a critical spirit for those of us who attend or watch church and then have roast preacher with a side of punch out the deacons, followed by grilled usher and fried choir for dinner, have not worshiped God. True worship goes beyond the preacher, church, and the choir. Matthew 7 and 5, and y'all should know this one hypocrite, first take the log out of your eye then you will clearly see to take the speck out of your brother's eye. We must realize that others are human too and prone to error. We can't be so heavenly bound that we are no earthly good. Look, look on the commendable and pour out your heart and love and adoration for the help that you did receive during the service. Look, check this out. The greeters sure were nice. Those ushers sure were attentive. Those kids really danced well. The message was all for me and I can apply it to my life like this. See, something in the service is always commendable. It ain't always got to be beat up everything that goes on because you didn't like it. That's because your spirit not right, but we're going to keep it pushing. D, laziness. Just too lazy to exert the energy needed to worship God. Proverbs 24, 30 through 34. It talks about people who fall asleep mentally and physically and fail in the desire to meet the Lord at that place of worship and praise him. See, spiritual laziness must be viewed as a thief and spirit, spiritual le- lethargy must give place to spiritual alertness. E, impatience. The Lord says in Isaiah 40, 31, wait. Real simple, wait. But see, and I speed it up, instant gratification generation, we fail to learn to sit quietly in his presence and meditate on his goodness, grace, mercy, and works. See, we want to do it real quick. We want to microwave it. We want to give God three, four minutes in the morning, three or four minutes here, three or four minutes there, when all we got to do, and then we wonder why God hasn't spoken to us, but what we have to do is sit and wait with anticipation because if you're waiting God is going to come and answer you most of us don't wait because we don't really want the answer F the next one pride I don't even have to say nothing about pride we know about pride G my last one an unforgiving spirit grudges mishaps misperceptions and misunderstandings must be forgiven and restitutions have to be made in order for us to have true worship. Remember, worship is important. The manner of worship matters and don't let your worship be hindered. But I know you're asking, where should we worship God? Since we went through all that, Rick, you gave us all the other. But look, the Lord's answer is in John 420. The place where we worship God is immaterial. It is the spiritual condition of the person, not the geographical location of the believer. We can worship wherever we are in the moment, in the shower, when God wakes us up. Before going to sleep in the store, going to the store at work, at the bank, in the bathroom, shaving, getting a haircut at the hairdresser, in the gym, at the game, walking down the street. We can worship God when we enter into his presence and engage him in worship, which is our highest occupation. See, we can we can engage God in the car we can engage God just sitting in the in the living room when you're looking at TV it's something totally different you can block that out and you can get with God and begin to worship and trust me he's going to meet you right there but you should be worshiping at these moments when things are going great but then when things go bad that's when you dig in with worship that's when you focus in on worship that's when you sit down and you just think about how God has brought you from from mm, How God has brought you through so much. He brought you around the mountain, over mountain, under mountain, out of the ditch, out of the swamp, out of the swamp. He's brought us through a whole lot. So when you're going through something, guess what? That's when you really dig in. But see, you wouldn't have to dig in if you was already doing it like you're supposed to. You got the keys to worship. See, the results are astonishing. God will be glorified. Then because he receives the glory, honor, and praise that's due him. But then the believer will be blessed. God will fill the worshiper's heart with peace and joy. Now, see, those are real benefits because I know I always need peace and joy. But let me give you this and I'm done. May there constantly rise from your heart a constant flow of adoring worship which God will, it will delight his heart and it will bring glory to his holy name. You all stay blessed and God bless you. Thank you.